The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And today we have Carmen Hunter of CarmenHunterHealth.com on our show today. And I love our topic. Our topic is flexible intermittent fasting and intuitive eating that is easy and not complicated. And I feel like we have gotten into so much of this, you know, you got to be rigid, you know, elimination, deprivation. And so Welcome, Carmen. Talk to us a little bit about your story and what brought you here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about um, anything that we can do to empower people to tap into their own intuition about what's best for them. Um, So what brought me here? Well, to the space of health coaching, let me just say I'm a health coach and have been for over a decade. My uh, website, CarmenHunterHealth.com, is a place where people can come to find out more about me for that. But also, I became a health educator um, because of the overwhelm and frustration that I was seeing in, in, you know, when I was trying to get well myself, when I was trying to figure out why these last couple of pounds weren't moving, why I wasn't feeling good in my, in my body or in my skin, why were my joints hurting, that kind of thing. I became an investigator of sorts over, um, over 20 years ago to try to figure out what the best thing was for me. Um, because things outside of me weren't resonating for me. If someone said, do this detox or do this cleanse or this diet, it didn't feel right to me. So I always returned to what I felt was best for me, which I call intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Um, So what brought me here was I wanted to be in control of my own health in all ways. And for me to be able to do that, I had to understand what my body was telling me. So intuitive eating is just a method of really getting present and still in myself, not just before I eat, but at all times, tapping into when I'm hungry thinking about the things that are in my refrigerator, do they sound good to me? What feels right to me? Um, and I found that, in, and I'll say this, you know, I've never been a really heavy person. Um, I've gone through the, the college weight gain. I've gone through the postpartum baby stuff. It's like most moms have. Um, but what I really found to be true was that if I listen to those messages from inside of me, I stay within a three to five pound um, weight at, at all times and have for probably almost 10 years now. Mm, I love that. And I would say, so, you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women. That's what my book is about, is about Mm -hmm. interviewing people who have been naturally thin their whole life. And that's what they say. They, they eat intuitively. They are, you know, eat when they are hungry, they stop when they're full and they reject the diet mentality, right? Mm -hmm. They never read diet books. They've never read any of that. And, you know, I would say they honor their hunger, Mm-hmm. When they're hungry, they eat, and what they feel like eating, they eat, and they make peace with the food. Can you talk about that for just a bit? Oh my gosh, you, I could have said that. In fact, I think I've said that in several podcasts I've been in before. Is ex- almost exactly what you're saying is that if I look at something, and this is a great example. Um, the other night, I was like, I just want some pasta. You know, I follow a, a almost a hundred percent paleo primal lifestyle. Um, I leave that, you know, 10% wiggle room in there for, for nights like the other night when I said, I just want some, some pasta with some grass-fed butter and some salt and pepper. I don't know why, but that's what I want, right? Mm-hmm. So I made some rice fettuccine, you know, and I put um, some grass-fed butter and salt and pepper on it. And I just made a little bit because it's all I wanted. And I thought, why am I craving this? I must need carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I'd had a busy day. I hadn't had any carbohydrates all day. I had worked out. 
um, the day before and I knew I was running a little low. I ate that. I felt fantastic. I didn't feel badly about the decision. And one of the things that I, I always say is that if you're going to eat something, get present, think about it, look at it. Do I still want it? If you still want it and you still eat it, don't judge yourself for it. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, is that if you kind of what I've seen people do is one of the things I talk about in my book is called shiny balls, shiny diet sy- syndrome. Meaning that every time you see, it's like a shiny ball, right? You see this new diet and this new thing. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to try that. And now they try this and now they try that. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, no, I'm going to really listen to my body and figure out what is my body craving. And mm-hmm. within that, try to eat the best food that's going to fuel my body. So what yeah. give us like, what is your routine? Like, do you do intermittent fasting yourself? How do you incorporate that? And how do you make it flexible? I know one thing we were talking about earlier was just, um, before we started recording is just that some people can get so rigid. Like they are, you know, literally looking at their clock and they're like, Oh, I'm not going to eat until exactly 12. I look at it. I put it at 12 o'clock. And that to me is not where you want to be. So talk yeah. about that a little. Yeah. And I, and I call, um, I call the shiny ball syndrome. I call it shiny object syndrome. The same thing. I just did a whole um, interview on this the other day talking about grabbing the next thing that comes your way to mm-hmm. me is a sign that we don't trust ourselves to make decisions that we trust people outside of us. Um, so, so what I do in the morning is, you know, it depends on the day. Sometimes my last meal can be as late as eight or eight thirty at night. And it's something, like I said, the other night, a half a cup of pasta and a little bit of broccoli. Um, but the next morning, I don't first thing think about food. It's not the first thing in my mind. Um, I will have a, a nice French, French press or a Bialetti um, while I'm doing my morning and readings and things like that. But I think it's really important that we take quiet time in the morning, whatever it is, 30 minutes, 15, whatever you can find to just get present for the day that's starting. Coming out of sleep, our minds are usually worrying around what's going on today. Oh my gosh. And we can get sidetracked from what's physically happening inside of us. So for me to be able to sit, have my coffee, do my reading, then go do my meditation allows me to get present with what my body's really asking for before I let my mind take over. That's the best way for me to listen to those internal messages. And it's usually about, I would say 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and I'll be, I might feel a pang of hunger. And, and if it's not something that overwhelms me where I feel like I actually need to get in the kitchen and make something to eat. I just kind of let it go until it gets me again. And then I'll make something. I'm not a very, I don't eat a lot of carbs. I'm a, you know, as I mentioned earlier, paleo primal kind of eater. Um, and I stick to the, to the 90% rule, but the other 10% in all honesty, if I'm out downtown Memphis or somewhere and there's a taco truck and that's all there is to eat, and it's going to be hours before we find something else, I'm going to eat that and I'm going to make a good decision, but I'm sure not going to deny myself anything if that's a choice I need to make. Um, I think that's a big problem as well. Too much denial, too much, as you mentioned, like rigidity and orthorexic thought processes, right? Where if we step outside that zone, even a little bit, we start judging ourselves and getting uncomfortable and feeling guilty and shaming ourselves. Um, I believe that that's one of the biggest problems we have, especially as women today, is guilting and shaming ourselves for taking a bite of or eating something that's not in line with what we believe we should be doing, right? Not mm-hmm. what feels good to us, but what we've been told is good for us. Mm. Kind of a long answer, but yeah. No, absolutely. And one of the things when I've interviewed all the women that have been naturally thin and have been you know, intuitively eating 
they feel like they never feel like I should eat this or I should eat that or I have to comply with this certain diet. They eat what they re- what they really want that's going to most satisfy them. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't eat what you really want, then you're going to end up eating five times more of this because that's not what you really wanted. And then you're probably going to come back over here, you know, and eat, you know, this over What you here. want. <laughs> So, you know, I tell a story of, um, a friend of mine that I, I don't eat pizza very often, but one day I had, and I don't even crave it. I mean, I literally, I just don't, I'm not a pizza person. I just, I don't really love it unless it's like a, you know, a cauliflower crust and Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And I, I try to eat about 80% of my diet is a paleo diet Mm -hmm. and I, had really wanted pizza. So I was like, I'm just having it. So I had a pizza and I got one of those individual ones. I ate half of it and I was fully satisfied. Well, my girlfriend got this huge Caesar salad with grilled chicken. And I'm telling you, it was probably this big, 900 calories. She ate the whole thing, you know, and then afterwards she was like, can I eat the other, are you going to finish the rest of that pizza? And I was like, no. And she's like, can I have it? And she's like, I knew I should have got pizza because that's what I really wanted. So she ended up eating this huge grilled chicken salad with Caesar dressing, loaded all over it, then ate half of mine because Mm -hmm. what she really wanted was the pizza. And I just see that happen so much is that you have to discover your satisfaction factor. You Mm -hmm. have to figure out how to eat what you really want, but without going overboard. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I have a, a little interesting story as well as, you know, I, I work, I've been working with clients for over a decade on their health and, you know, they, I've had people say to me before, what kind of elimination diet are you going to throw at me? I'm like, absolutely nothing. You're leading the way with this. I'm going to be your person that empowers you and helps you to make good decisions. Um, but we're, and I'm going to give you reliable, credible resources to make those decisions. But my goal for when I work with people at all is to help them to find the answers within themselves. And I have this, uh, her doctor, you know, you've, you've got a thyroid, you've got Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, right? I mean, that's such a common autoimmune disorder these days and said, you need to eat less carbohydrates. You need to eat less period. You need to move your body more. You're never going to get rid of this last 20 pounds, you know, giving all of this advice. And what, what ended up happening was she put on more weight. And so I had to have a conversation with her about carbohydrates and how important it is to have glycogen in the liver to convert those hormones for thyroid problems. Sure enough, she said, well, that's why I've been craving carbs is my thyroid was slowing down. I've been wanting a sweet potato. She started to add them in and she started to drop weight. So, you know, not to say that not to listen to your doctor, listen to your doctor. That's my, always my disclaimer to people, but more than that, listen to yourself first, right? If your body's asking for something, there's a reason that is happening that way. And I also like to say the same thing about sugar and salt. A lot of my intake forms with clients come in and say, I crave salty and sugary things. So I look into their stress, you know, and what's going on in their life around that. Almost always they have extremely high stress. So to explain to them, it's not a matter of willpower. It's your adrenal glands asking for those things, vitamin C, sugar, salt, right? So our body gives us messages all the time. But when we use other people's answers to silence those things, we're missing really important parts about what our body could physiologically be needing to reach optimal health. So it's much bigger than lack of willpower, which I don't believe in anyway. Um, It's more of a thing of understanding what your body's trying to tell you 
so that it can do what it needs to do. We just need to get all those other things out of the way, the shiny objects, the shiny balls, the diets, all of the things that we feel to restrict ourselves from is going to get us where we want to be. One of the things I've realized is that there's so many chemicals in laundry detergent and the soaps out there. So I either make it myself, it's actually pretty easy, or I use my green fills. If you go to chantelrayway.com slash soap, I'll give you my free recipe for laundry soap. Or if you just feel like buying one that's really clean and not filled with tons of chemicals, you can get it there. chantelrayway.com slash soap. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin. To get out of your rut, click here to watch this free video. Yeah. And so right now, obviously everything, you know, we need to know how to cope with our emotions, with the stress of everything going on with Mm COVID-19. Right now, anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger, all the emotions that people are experiencing right now with with this pandemic. And each has its own trigger, right? And we all know that food won't fix any of these feelings. It might comfort us for the short term. Sure. What kind of tips do you have right now for people who are like, I'm at home, I'm stressed to the max, I get it, but right now I need to use food as a tool right now. Mm -hmm. And they're making that as kind of, you know, saying, well, it's not going to last forever, but right now I need it because I'm so stressed or I'm lonely or I'm bored or it'll help me get through this time. What would you Mm -hmm. say to people like that? Yeah. So the one thing I always tell people is this, you know, we have seven essentials that I teach at my school and one of them, obviously we have to address stress. So people say, oh, is it stress reduction or stress management? I say it's stress perception. If we can change how we see things when it comes to stress, we can help our bodies to adapt because it's really hard. Can you imagine saying to someone right now, just reduce or manage your stress, right? But even in daily life, that means quitting your job or getting rid of your children or your spouse. Like To tell people to try to reduce stress to me makes it more difficult. So in these times right now, you know, I've got extra um, teenage kids here. We've got a higher grocery bill. Um, we're all kind of in this house together. And so my choice here is this. I want to see this differently. I want to see this as an opportunity for us to get closer, to spend time with each other, to learn how to communicate better, play, do puzzles, watch movies. Can we see our situation differently so that we're not giving a message to our body that this is a terrible thing, Right. So for for people to sit back and look at their situation, if they're home and they're healthy, if boredom is the biggest problem and and they don't have any emergencies, remember that the only thing that's an emergency is an emergency, a high fever, a cut, a need to go to the emergency room and try to relax in the fact that we are healthy, we are safe, and we have an opportunity here to see things differently. So to, to say, well, I have to use food because I'm bored, I would say, how can we sit back from that and say... What is it about boredom that triggers me to think about food? Doing some general inquiry around that can help us to understand why we're making those decisions and maybe help us to lean a little bit into healthier choices while we're in this situation. So I don't think it's, it's possible to change people immediately and everyone see this as a joyful experience by any stretch. But I say, turn off your TV, 
try to manage what, how you see things right now. So you're not triggering those reasons to reach for the sugar or the salt, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about flexible intermittent fasting and flexible intermittent fasting is an approach to fasting that is not as tightly restricted as many of the other approaches to intermittent fasting have said. So for example, if someone says, okay, well, you're going to do in six hour eating window, you can only eat from 12 to six or 11 to five. It kind of is a more flexible approach and it says, okay, we're going to create a window at any point in the day and it doesn't have to be the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to eat when you're hungry. Maybe today you're doing seven hours. Maybe today you're doing four hours. Talk about how you've incorporated flexible intermittent fasting in yourself and with your clients. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I have, um, I have Hashimoto's hypothyroid. I went 10 years without a diagnosis. So lots of destruction to the thyroid without me having any control over it. So I say that because I'm always kind of dialed in to what's going on in my body with that, right? I'm not, I'm not taking any medication or anything like that. So I don't have windows of time that I can't eat because of medication which is another thing I just um, want to put out there that there are, there are times when people take medicine, they're told don't eat for an hour, right? So they're rigidly following that schedule as well um, as a set point for their medication. So for, for me, when I was doing that, I thought, you know what, I'm really not even hungry after this 30 minutes or this hour. So I'm just going to pay attention to when my body signals for food. So it's not the same at any given day. So I take each day and I, you know, I think about the night before my last um, bite of food last night was at 8.15, right? So when I get up the next day, I, I try to aim for a 12 hour window, just kind of as a back, you know, just as a thought that I usually don't get hungry until 12 hours passes. And then I just check in with myself. How do I feel right now? It's been 12 hours, not even remotely hungry. And then I just go about my day. So in between, as far as flexibility is concerned, I don't ever put a rigid time on eating in any capacity at all. If I want to eat supper at 4.30 at night, because it, I didn't eat at all during the day, I eat at 4.30. You know, most of the time we schedule around the three meal a day thing that has been incorporated. I mean, we all know about from being raised on three meals a day and the food pyramid and, and make sure you get your three meals a day, right? But I just think that that is built on a like kind of a, a family system. You know, dad used to come home at 5.15 at night. Mom would have food on the table. Kids were done with their homework. Everyone ate at night, breakfast in the morning, lunch in the middle of the day. I think for me to be flexible is to abandon that three meal a day idea and just dial into what works for my lifestyle today instead of what I was raised, you know, how I was raised. Because we were raised the same way, you know, Um, three meals a day, dad came home, that kind of thing. But for me, single mom, schedule all over the place, entrepreneur. I eat around the time that I feel the need to, or, you know, in regards to my thyroid stuff, if I'm feeling I need some carbs, I might eat something that way. Flexibility all the way around for me. Yeah. And flexible intermittent fasting, if it's done right, you can actually lose even more weight because if you think about it, let's say that you ate at six o'clock last night and you ate this huge dinner and you just are like, I eat from 12 to six, 12 to six, 12 to six. But last night you just had this really big dinner. You were extra hungry. And now it might come 12 o'clock, but you're not actually physically hungry. You are still full from the night before. Mm -hmm. And if it's done right, it forces your body to dip into its own fat stores for energy. So you're just going, okay, I'm waiting until my stomach growls. I know for a fact I'm my stomach's growling. I know I'm super hungry right now. 
I might not start eating until two that next day, Mm -hmm. even though normally I start at 12. Yep. That's exactly how I do it. Exactly. And the other thing um, as well, you know, that that's important to note is that not every noise that comes from our gut is necessarily a hunger noise. It could be our microbiome trying to like, you know, waking up or, you know, if you've taken a probiotic that morning, maybe it's like, oh, hey, what's going on? They're talking to each other, right? And one of the things I think is also important is, you know, the night before, and I don't do this every night, I'm a honeymooner. In other words, I don't always take supplements every single day. I go on a honeymoon from things. I like that. Yeah. When I'm on a prebiotic schedule, I'll eat my prebiotics at night. You know, I'll either take um, prebiotics by Megaspore or I'll eat some potato starch and some water. Um, Really get the gut nice and ready to eat, right? The probiotic ready to eat the next morning by setting my gut up with prebiotics the night before. And so the next day, I might even stretch it further just to give them more time to populate and get ready before I even take my probiotic, which extends my eating even more. Um, So I don't necessarily think that just every single noise says I'm hungry. If I hear it, feel it, I think, okay, where am I with prebiotics and probiotics? Is that really a hunger signal? And then I make my decision from there. Mm, I love that. Now let's talk about the food police for just a second. Um, because I think a lot of people have this in their mind. I call it the food police. It's like, no, you can't eat that. No, you can't do that. Up your bad because you had a piece of cake up your, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And so how do you kind of mentally get yourself out of the food police, but still wanting to fill your body with, you know, you don't want to be filling your body with just junk, 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 and no one's mm-hmm. saying that, but it is kind of following that either 80-20 rule or, you know, 90-10 rule. How do you balance that? Yeah, so I had to shut that voice up a long time ago because, you know, I believe that we're hard enough on ourselves in so many different ways, and I remember um, as, a, as uh, when my son was a, a baby, I was a stay-at-home mom until he went to kindergarten when he was six. He's 15 now. Um, I was doing some personal training and a little bit of work here and there. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, we give, we give ourselves such a hard time as mothers, as wives, as, as friends, as all of these things, right? We'll, oh, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or why didn't I do this? That's the last thing I wanted to do was to continue this script in my mind that if I made a decision to eat something, that it made me a bad person, right? Or, or that I would judge myself because of something that I put in my mouth. So I started doing this thing where I'm like, you know what? I eat well at the time, you know, 70, 80% of the time. I love and care for the people around me. I deserve the same love that I extend to others. So I started to shift the script and the inner dialogue that I was telling myself and food naturally just stopped being an issue for me over time. It took time to get in the habit of saying, that's not true. That's not necessary. That's not helpful. But developing a mantra in my mind really helped me to start to develop a better relationship with what I'm putting in my mouth. And to be honest with you, you know, um, eating the way that I eat, I think to myself, I do so well, 90% of the time, I am not going to beat myself up for 10% and even 20%. If I'm on vacation and I throw caution to the wind for an entire five, six days, I'm just not going to judge myself like that. The world is hard enough on us. And then we're hard on ourselves as it is. I like to see food as what we're nourishing our body with or bringing us joy instead of something we're punishing ourselves with. Mm. 
Now, I love that you are a certified health coach and you also help teach other health coaches or people who've even just thought about saying, hey, I want to be a health coach, mm-hmm. how to kind of break through from their comfort zone, build up their confidence. So talk about that. What do you do? If someone just, maybe they're listening and they're like, you know, I would like to, I love helping people take their health to another level. What is kind of that protocol of what you do? Yeah. So there's a big myth out there that you have to have a certification to be a health coach and be able to help other people with their health. And, you know, I fell for the same thing in 2009. I was told, um, you need to get letters behind your name. You're not, you you know, you're not qualified to talk to people. And and it, it pressured me to like go out and get this certification, so to speak, which I opened one book on and went, this is not what I was looking for, but I spent the money. So I'm going to do it anyway. So here's the thing. When we have a journey that we have been you know, on, whether it's uh, autoimmunity or cancer, depression, weight loss, whatever it may be, that journey, and that it counts as education and experience, right? And if you have something that you feel passionate about and you want to spread the world, word um, to other people about how they can optimize their health, there is an absolute safe way to do that. And to become a health coach, you know, that, is, that just means that you can open up your door. You got to be safe about it. Um, I created the Institute for Functional Health Coaching to, to show people how to do this in a legal way, actually setting up a business, you know, with licensing and, and, you know, set yourself up with taxes and things like that, but take your journey and help people with it and stay within that scope of practice without becoming a dietitian or a nutri- a nutritionist or a doctor. Um, you know, we have education experience and knowledge just because we've been down a difficult road and we, we have passion to help other people. It counts for something. We don't necessarily have to have a four-year degree to be able to go out and teach other people. So um, what I would say is this, is that if you are passionate about what, you know, the, the changes you've seen in your life, if you've been down a difficult journey and you, you want to be able to make a difference, it's okay to make a career out of this. A lot of people think I should just help people because I've been given this gift, right? But it's really an exchange of energy. It's really just an exchange when we're getting paid for our, for our knowledge and the things that we know to help other people. And let me tell you the rewards are huge, absolutely huge to see people living healthier and feeling better about themselves. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a great product that you absolutely cannot live without, and it's called Digest Aid. When you're stressed, you might not be able to produce as much stomach acid. And if you're eating a little more right now and you're stressed, you need help to digest your food. My Digest Aid that I created has enzymes that are capable of doing just that. It has both betaine HCL, not just HCL, but an enzyme pepsin that helps your body digest your food, which is really unique. And right now, all of our products are 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store and get yours for 30% off. Just use the promo code podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing a ton of cooking lately. And I've been having so many new recipes. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash free recipes to get the best kale dressing recipe you'll ever have. The dairy-free artichoke dip that you will love for completely free. I also want to give you my entire free smoothie book that has the best smoothies. One of the things that can help you lose weight is just to replace one of your meals with an amazing smoothie. So if you're eating two meals, just make one of them a smoothie. You can get my free amazing recipe book at chantelrayway.com slash free recipe. And our protein shakes are amazing as well. And right now they're 30% off. Go to chantelrayway.com, click on store and use podcast for the 30% off your protein shake. So let's talk about 
how you kind of healed yourself from um, Hashimoto's because I know that you had that and you aren't taking any any th- any medicine now for it. Is that correct? That's correct. Now I don't say I've healed myself from it. I say I'm healed to where I feel comfortable in my in my own health. I was on medication for. For um, many years, I, I kind of call myself a guinea pig. Uh, you know, 10 years, I went to 21 doctors. No one could diagnose what was wrong with me. Um, chronic pain that migrated through my body. I didn't have the common symptoms. I didn't lose my eyebrows. I wasn't overweight. I didn't have bone crushing fatigue at first. So nobody saw that my thyroid could have been the problem. And here's the biggest problem with, with um, what I went through is that it is a familial genetic you know, problem, a de- genetic disease. No one asked if anyone in my family had the thi- had Hashimoto's, right? So my lifestyle for some time, you know, back in my 20s, pulled the trigger on this to happen to me. And so when I learned what was wrong and what was going on with me, I, I was given a pill like we mostly are. Here's T4, take this and, and get on with it. And I said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not going to depend on a hormone to fix this problem that's not caused by a hormone problem. So I took it upon myself to learn as much as I could, make all of the changes that I possibly could, right? Environmental triggers, what I'm eating, putting in my mouth, gluten is toxic to people with hypothyroidism. So I learned everything that I could, stayed on medication to support myself, um, felt guilty about it, to be honest with you at first, because when you're a health coach, you're supposed to be healthy, right? You shouldn't be helping people if you're not healed on your own, which is another big myth. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to let people know that I've gone through this. I want people to know that I'm relatable and that, that I want them to resonate with what, with what my story is. And over time, I just um, re- I changed my stress, to be honest with you. That was mm-hmm. the one thing that was keeping me on medication is I was yes. living in such stress. So when I learned to change the way I saw it, I noticed my medication needs weren't as high. I was getting hyperthyroid symptoms from my medication. Mm-hmm. The more I got in touch with what stressed me out, the more I addressed that, the less medication I needed. And um, after the divorce, I just, which was 2018, I just decided I'm going to see what happens without the medication. I lost six pounds. I started to sleep better. And I felt better in my body, actually, without the medication. And so while I don't say I'll stay off it forever, I never say forever. It is an autoimmune condition that is with me. I monitor myself very closely. And again, I intuitively see what do I need today? And so far it's been, I think it's been about nine months. I haven't been able, um, I haven't needed to take it. Wow. That is amazing. I love that. And so for you yourself, um, what were some things that you did in your diet that really helped you? Well, I wrote a 52 page book on the thyroid because I learned so much about it. So I teach my coaches about it um, as well. And here's what I learned. I learned about molecular mimicry about how closely related uh, gluten is to the thyroid um, makeup, the chemical makeup of the thyroid, and how um, harmful it can be and how it can keep you in a storm, keep your body in this constant storm. That was the first thing I got rid of. And let me tell you, finding something that tasted good back then (laughs) that was gluten-free is not like it is today. Today, it's so much easier. So I, I, I took that out first and foremost. And then I realized how closely related soy is, and it could be cross-reactive. So I stopped eating that. Um, and again, you know, I had fibroids and endometriosis from too much estrogen, which can be exacerbated by soy. So those particular things stopped being a real problem. And what I realized, in all honesty, is that the more I did things with my food to address the thyroid, the rest of my body started to respond as well. 
So um, gluten and soy, um, you know, completely dairy-free for a very long time. Um, you know, I abandoned all elimination diets, powders, proteins, and, and fixes people kept throwing at me and just started to, to play with my own food and say, I don't really need that and I feel better. And I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but I'll show you one of the keys to me getting uh, overcoming things was my calendar, a, write, a calendar you write in. I would get up in the morning and I would write down how I was feeling for about two weeks. I just kind of did this. Then what I ate and what I noticed. And, and to be able to look at that and to commit it to memory, what worked for me by writing it down in a calendar, I kept that calendar for a couple of years. So anytime I started to feel like, mm, what's going on? I'm not feeling so great. I would go back and go, oh gosh, I must've had soy in that dinner I ate the other night. Um, so I, I, again, paying attention to what the messages are, were that were coming from my body was the key down to getting joint pain in between my fingers right here. Anytime I ate soy, I tested it. I ate it on purpose. I got pain in between my fingers three times. I'm like, that's, that's affecting me, right? We, again, we're, we're leaning, in my opinion, too much on people outside of us. And this includes our doctors as well to tell us what works for us when we have all the tools inside mm-hmm. of us. All the tools are right here. Everything that. we need. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Well, you are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, They can find me at carmenhunterhealth.com and that can lead them out to also the Institute for Functional Health Coaching.com. I've got a couple of sites. I do a lot of different work, um, but my main focus is teaching other health coaches how to help people Um, the standard American person, and then what I call the overwhelmed symptom chaser, people who have been chasing chronic problems forever and still aren't well. Um, I teach them how to help people with the most basic things that are being forgotten today, and that is the intuitive eating and incorporating, um, you know, flexible intermittent fasting into that as well. Love it. Well, you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.